Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Happy game day and welcome. Should be a fun one tonight with the Sharks and Kraken engaging in their first ever showdown. But we do have some news out of the league due to the fact that four more members of the Carolina Hurricanes have entered the league's COVID protocol Their game tonight against the Wild has been postponed. This comes on the heels of the Canes playing the Flames. The Flames have had their games through the 16th already postponed. 23 players have been added to the NHL's COVID protocol since Sunday night. The Bruins have placed forwards Brad Marchand and Craig Smith the protocol this morning as well. Uh, This is being recorded at noon today, so I do recognize there is the risk this info will be updated by the time this airs, so bear with me. But obviously, this COVID outbreak, which is happening in the NHL, in the EPL, in the NBA, and in the NFL, uh, this is a global sports story, quite obviously. The GM of the Wild, Bill Guerin, has been named the GM of the 2022 U.S. Olympic hockey team in the face of the news that concerns about COVID safety and other political concerns could keep NHL players out of the games. Uh, Last Friday at the Board of Governors meeting, Gary Bettman called the decision a player's decision, but we will see what develops on that end. There is great concern about how long and where a player would have to quarantine if they tested positive at the Olympics. One report suggesting a quarantine could last five weeks. The Rangers GM Chris Drury has been named the assistant GM. Pittsburgh Penguins head coach Mike Sullivan will be behind the bench in Beijing if the NHL participates. So far, Knights goalie Robin Leonard is the only player who has said he will not participate with Team Sweden due to medical and mental health concerns. As we look big picture on the San Jose Sharks entering this Tuesday matchup against the Kraken, they do sit at fifth place in the Pacific Division, 15, 12, and 1, 31 points. One back of Vegas with 32 and Edmonton who have 32. Five back of Calgary and six back of first place Anaheim. Who in any way, shape, or form saw that one coming, folks? Because I know for a fact that I did not. For more on the Kraken and a look at tonight's game, we are now going to bring in JT Brown, former NHLer and current color commentator for Seattle. What's going on, JT? How are you doing? I'm doing good. And yourself? I'm doing very well. Excited to see these two teams meet finally. I've been excited for San Jose to play Seattle for a while. And then once we learned it was going to be the Kraken, I was excited for the the two, uh, you know, sea monsters to go up against each other. Um, you know, just 30,000 foot view on everything you've seen from the Kraken this year. What? How is this team presenting itself? Is it within your expectations is it what you thought you were going to see is it different or is it just kind of still a work in progress um you know i i would say a work in progress right uh i think everyone had different expectations at the the start and you know some were a little bit over the top maybe you know trying to repeat what vegas did mm-hmm. uh but then at the same time you know you look at it it's a it's a different draft it's a different uh you know expansion the teams kind of played their cards differently than the first time so i think it's 
expectation wise, you know, you expected a team that's going to come in and work hard and, you know, that's what they're doing. But again, you have a whole group of players trying to come together, trying to learn systems, learn each other's habits. And, you know, so they're still working on that, but uh, you've seen some really positive things uh, from this team, even though, you know, they may not be, you know, sitting standings wise where they'd like to be. We're seeing them middle of the pack in terms of goals for, but goals against or towards the bottom. What do you think needs to change to kind of turn that around or get it more to the the midline with where their offense has been? Um, you know, I think, again, it goes back to just the consistency. There's been games where, you know, they're not giving up goals. They're not giving up odd man rushes or, you know, turnovers and things like that. It's the game is a game of mistakes, right? That's mm -hmm. the whole game. I mean, almost every sport is a game of mistakes. So, you know, just trying to limit those mistakes. And when those uh, when you do have those mistakes, try to have, I guess, somebody to help you, somebody there to, you know, to cover it up. So it's one mistake, not two mistakes, you know, and then it ends up in the back of the net. So more along the lines of just consistency, because you've seen it or we've seen it on multiple occasions uh, that they do have the ability. They have the defenses there a good defensive core and goaltending, uh, but just more on the consistent side. You know, through a stretch of the end of November into the start of December, they looked really good and won five out of seven and posted some very impressive wins over the Caps and the Canes. Um, yes. And I want to say the Panthers as well. Um, you know, what, what were they doing so well over that stretch, do you think? Uh, you know, it just, it just seemed like they were playing. Uh, if That's weird to say, right? Like not thinking about what was going on prior, you know, they went on, they were losing some games. You don't have that pressure anymore. And you just started to go out and play how I think everyone, you know, that was around the team thought they could play or that they should be playing that way. So I think it was just kind of a, a relaxing moment. They just sat back and played. And, you know, if you can beat those teams, that gives you confidence. You beat some of the best teams in the league. So I think you got to kind of build off those games and, you know, continue to grow from there. And even in the more recent losses, a couple of have been in shootouts and or overtimes. I mean, do you get the feeling like they're kind of starting, like things are trending in the right direction? I know, obviously, the, the losses, um, you know, the last, the, the two before the overtime loss to the Jackets, the Penguins and the Jets were probably a little more lopsided than they would have liked. But, you know, if you're looking big picture, you have to say, okay, did we get a point here, which is always going to be a good thing, especially when you're trying to build something the way the Kraken are right now. Yeah, you have to find a way to, to get points in this league. It's not easy. There's not no such thing as an easy night or an easy game in this league. Everybody can beat anybody on any given time. So I think, you know, like you said, just trying to get points and and managing that where, you know, there's times they weren't getting points. So if you can find a way to get points, even in the last game, you're down going into the third period, but you managed to get it to overtime. Yes, it's, you know, the whole buildup of coming back into the game and losing in overtime is not the way you want to, but big picture you got a point right and I think yeah. that's the most important part about it what is uh one player that surprised you and maybe one player where you felt you've been a little disappointed by their play um uh -huh. uh, I'd say surprise that's a that's a that's a good one I mean I won't say anybody's surprised I think everyone's gotten a different opportunity right and that's mm -hmm. what's so cool about the expansion team as players have gotten different looks or different opportunities that maybe they weren't getting on their previous team. So it's not that they couldn't do what they're doing now, but now they're just getting that opportunity where it wasn't there before. Um, I mean, I think if you just look at it, one of my favorite players to watch is Tanev. Mm -hmm. um, I, I obviously had a really good start with, with the goals, but just what he brings to the team. Uh, he's not much different, I guess, than what he did prior, uh, but the energy level, 
night in night out. He's that, uh, that guy that's going into the corners hard. Um, you know, that's just the, I gravitate towards that cause that's how I like to play. So, you know, when I get to watch a guy uh, like Tanner play on a nightly basis, it's, it's definitely fun. And I won't say it disappointing. Um, I don't know if there's any disappointment. I would just say that overall, I think as a team, everybody wants to do better, right? They would mm-hmm. like to be in a better spot. So overall, there's things that I think people, we can improve on or they can improve on. But overall, I would say no, no, uh, no disappointing parts, right? <laughs> no. I mean, I, it's it's interesting. One of the guys that I was really intrigued to watch because I like his uh, his game is Eberly, and uh, he's been very productive up to this point. What What have been your thoughts? Uh, I think the biggest thing for me was how he stuck with it and continued to go uh, early on in the season. He had, I think goalies maybe had probably like 10 top 10 saves on him, like right on the goal line, <laughs> diving back, uh, you know, those things. And it didn't show that he, like he was frustrated that pucks weren't going in. And then eventually, you know, he kept with the same mentality, that same process. And then they went in for him. But I thought the, the cool part for me was watching him go through where, he had the opportunities, but they weren't going in. He stuck with it, didn't show frustration, didn't show that it, you know, that it was getting to him. And now, you know, he's been producing at a very good level, you know, the way that he thought he would be, or we all thought he'd be at the start too. Yeah, no, it's it's always fun to watch and see a team develop. And, you know, in terms of, you know, finding that consistency and just, you know, playing as you put it, because I think that's true. It's like you can watch a team and you can tell when they're, they're working on something versus it it actually happening. It's a, it's been one of the things with the Sharks this year. There's they've been working so much on their identity and being you know shot blocking and you know keeping things away from the front of the net and trying to push things out to the corners and be more conservative. That you can tell that they. I mean, there is mental energy ex- expended when you're trying to learn yourself as a team. Whereas when it's all working, you're just reacting naturally. I think that's the hard part for a lot of teams is to get it to go from that conscious thought process to the subconscious of where it's just what they all do as a collective. Yeah. As soon as you're thinking in a game, you're toast. Like it's not going to go good for you. You're a step behind. You have to play the game reactionary. You just have to go out and, and play as simple as that sounds. But when you're thinking about, you know, what's this guy going to do? Or like you said, we got to really focus on this aspect of the game. You're taking away from just playing and just being a part of it. And it takes time for, for teams to get there. You look at some of the best teams in the league and their cores have been together for so long. They don't have to think about what players are going to do on the ice. They just know. And I think that's the growing parts of an expansion team or a rebuilding process. Like there is a growing part of it and you know once you get to that point where everybody's on the same page and you can just go out and play you can definitely tell the difference what was it like opening up that brand new beautiful building oh, it's, it's amazing it's a it's a state-of-the-art facility um you know one i think i personally think it's the best you know i i guess i'm a little biased now but uh, <laughs> We won't tell anyone. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely it's definitely an awesome place to go watch a game. The fans in Seattle uh, are awesome. When you have a brand new building as well, it just adds to it. So I think, you know, Seattle's a very good sports town, and with hockey, it's been no different. So they have a great rink and a great fan base uh, in Seattle. Yeah, how is the uh, the Seattle culture kind of taken to the team? Are you uh, are you being stopped now from people seeing you on the broadcasts? You know, are you seeing a lot of cracking gear around? Uh, not so much getting stopped for the broadcast uh, quite yet. Hopefully we'll get there at one day. But uh, <laughs> as far as the gear, uh, you can't go anywhere without seeing Seattle Kraken gear. Uh, you know, just on the drive in, you see people walking with the hats or a sweatshirt on. And, 
you know, that's what was so cool. Even just going to the launch of the Jersey, the Jersey launch that they had and the lines are around the corner to go get the new jerseys. People's selling out like crazy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether it's the shirts or the jerseys. It's been a very good reception from Seattle, um, especially when you, like you said, with the merchandise and everyone's there, everyone's supporting uh, the Kraken. So couldn't be a better situation, you know, to go into. And you never know what you're going to expect. But, uh, you know, as soon as I got out to, to Seattle and saw, like I said, Jersey launch or even the ex- the expansion draft going out for that, you could tell that the city was behind Seattle, the Kraken. And I'm just curious, what are your perceptions of the Sharks right now? I mean, this is a team that's, probably a little bit ahead of people's projections at 15, 12 and one, but you know, they're not presenting as world beaters for the time being. It's a, you know, it's a tightly packed uh, Pacific division right now. Um, You know, are they exceeding your expectations? I mean, I know we talked at the preseason, you thought there was potential, but you just have to, you know, wait and see. And I think we we are still at the wait and see stage. Yeah. I I wouldn't say, I'm going to say exceeding expectations or below. I just, I think they are a good team. I think every team in this league obviously is good. There's different growing pains that you have to go through, but you know, sitting where they are, it's not bad. They still have a good group of players. Uh, I'm excited for myself to watch uh, uh, Dahlin tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to play against him in Sweden last year. Oh, and nice. I get to see, you know, him play and, you know, guys like that, he's been playing really well. So there's, you can definitely see, where the team's going right and obviously it's it might not be one year it might be a couple years before you officially roll over but it's definitely a good team and you can see you can see all the pieces that are there i'm curious since you did play in the swedish league um you know the sharks top pick from this last year's draft william eklund they had him go back for another year after playing the first nine games of the season at the nhl level because they wanted him to develop more and get bigger Um, what was your takeaway from the swedish league uh, I thought it was awesome. It was a great time for myself. And I think just my perception or a lot of people think too, in North America, I just kind of went over and I'm like, Oh, well, there's going to be a lot of breakaways or I'm going to score. You know what I mean? Like, I just <laughs> thought that's how I thought about it. And then once I got there, it's really defensive. It's very structured. You think because it's an Olympic ice, there's just going to be so much time, but it's not necessarily the case. So it's not a bad thing, uh, you know, playing over in Sweden. And I think it's, it's definitely good for, developing but Mm -hmm. at this time there's nothing like the nhl yeah most definitely i mean that's i think the most interesting thing to me is just to think about you know playing on the bigger rink i mean that to me has got to be um how did that affect your game uh definitely affected uh your lungs right away and a little (laughs) bit more skating uh, especially with covid and everything like the delay in starting so i kind of went over there in the middle of their season, I believe like 19 or 20 games in or something mm-hmm. around there. So uh, they had already been going ready, full place. And I'm kind of just getting off my training. So I had to get back into game ready uh, pretty quickly. And with the big ice, that wasn't necessarily in my favor, but <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's, it's cool when you have that much space, you have a little bit more room in the corners, but it also makes you work harder to get to a good scoring area. Yeah, that shot, that same shot from the top of the circles isn't the same shot as the NHL in the top of the circles. You don't yeah. have more space. You have, when you're up against the wall, you're that much further from the net. So you have to work to get to the, the correct scoring areas where it might be a little bit, I won't say easier in the NHL, but you're just closer. When you have that shot, it's not as dangerous when you're on that big ice. What do you think of this game tonight? How do you think it's going to present itself? 
you know, I just, I hope for an entertaining game. That's, uh, that's all we can hope for, right? You just want, uh, you want to go into every game and have it be competitive and make sure that uh, I let, now I don't have to play. So I get to just watch and I get to watch good hockey. And when it's a good game, you know, those are the fun ones for me a to call, but also as you know, like a fan to be able to watch it as well. Well, JT, I appreciate your time as always. I look forward to uh, seeing you tonight at the rink. Have a great broadcast and we'll talk soon. All right, man. All right. Thank you. Take care. Again, that was JT Brown, former NHLer, current color analyst for the Seattle Kraken, giving us a little bit of a look ahead to tonight's matchup between the Sharks and the Kraken. Uh, wanted to get to a little bit of sound out of morning skate today. Bob Bugner with a little bit of an update on Kevin LeBanc. And I think the thing you got to pay attention to is this does not sound day to day. It sounds week to week. Uh, yeah, he had an MRI yesterday. And uh, um, I think we'll have more of an announcement tomorrow on what you know, the process is going to be here for, for Kevin moving forward. I know the doctors and the trainers have a call set up today, so they're going to be talking today. Um, other than that, I don't really have an update. Obviously, it's it's uh, um, it's more than day-to-day, uh, more week-to-week. Ham Bugner also weighed in on the current COVID outbreak within the league. Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, looking around the league, it gets a little scary now thinking about it. And, you know, you saw what the football NFL announced yesterday with the boosters and, uh, um, you know, what's going on in society. It's just, uh, you know, we're dealing with it. Um, we felt like we were a bit of like the guinea pigs to, uh, um, you know, how the league uh, um, handled it this year. Everybody looks like they're getting shut down if they got multiple uh uh, COVID issues. So um, I think everybody's sort of holding their breath. I know the Olympics is looming over everybody's head and what that's going to look like for the players. So there's a lot of unknowns. I think uh, all we can do is, is try and be, uh, um, you know, safe as possible. And, you know, hopefully, uh, um, I don't know much about it, but the guys have already been affected. Hopefully that's not even an issue. And the other guys have to, uh, um, you know, be smart about it. As for this game we're getting ready for tonight, Bugner did give his thoughts on Seattle. Hard-working team, a team that's uh, um, been pretty, uh, um, you know, been pretty persistent lately. They've been in a lot of games, and, and uh, they've had a better, uh, you know, last 10, 15 games than they did their start. I think that, uh, you know, I said it yesterday, I think they have a pretty balanced lineup. Um, I know Giordano's back. Um, you know, he's coming off a COVID issue. they got a couple other guys that are off. Um, but every team's dealing with injuries and, and COVID and all that. So I, I expect a team that's going to be working hard. It's a division game. Um, you know, and I think uh, I told our players yesterday, I told them today, it's, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing. We got to concentrate on, uh, um, you know, playing our game, our identity, and uh, um, you know, more like the second and third period of uh, of the Dallas game, and even the first after watching yesterday. Um, besides the kills, I mean, we played hard. We only allowed eight chances, and that's what we want to try and do to every team uh, on a nightly basis. So I think as we look ahead to this game tonight, you're going to see a Sharks team that is going to be viewing this as a winnable game, just as I viewed the game against Dallas. If the Sharks want to take these steps to being a better team or an upper echelon team or crawl into wherever they are going to be in the standings, and it's, you know, it's one game at a time. That's why I say crawl, not because they're, you know, beneath it or anything. I mean, it just, you got to be, you got to take it one game at a time, but you have to score first. You can't give up that early goal. And I know that there's a lot of game that happens after you give up an early goal, but we've seen it with the Sharks. They are not the same team when they are playing from behind. They've got it in them, obviously, but you don't want to see them have to, quote-unquote, have it in them. You would like them just to jump out of the gates, take control of the game, play it at their own place, dictate the way it's all going to go, and from there, you're going to find yourself in a position where you can have a much better performance. That's 
That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm trying to see with this. And I think that it's, I mean, it's obviously, it's not rocket science to say, yes, get a lead. But in terms of the Sharks settling in against a team that is going to be a little bit desperate because after they had some success winning five of seven, they've lost three in a row, although they did get a point um, recently, it's still not where they want to be. So the Sharks know that this team is going to bring it. But first ever matchup between these two teams should be a fun one. That wraps it up for the buildup here on the Sharks Audio Network. I'll see you all tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. Episodes of this podcast can be listened to anytime on the Sharks and SAP Center app and are available for download under the Sharks Hockey Digest podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google.